0: The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, we're going to jump in, and um, today's going to be a, just a word on uh, kind of prayer. We're starting in on some prayer topics over the next uh, few weeks, and so uh, let's bow our heads and we'll start with prayer, and then we're just going to dive in. Father, we just thank you for your word, and we pray that it will fall on good soil. Help us to hear, to understand, and to know uh, what you want us uh, to be able to know from you today, Lord, that it would be able to... Uh, actually land in our lives in a way that we can engage it and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, how many of you guys have an Alexa or an Echo at home? Anybody? Um, are you sure to unplug it so the government doesn't know everything you're doing? No. Just, okay, uh, just, just, just a question, just a question, that's all. Uh, I'm going to take over the screen here and then we're going to, there we go. Today's topic is this. Does God even hear me when I pray? My Alexa hears me all the time, even when I don't want it to hear me. And I know this because we'll be talking, having a normal conversation, and randomly, it'll just start talking back to us. And we're like, what's going on right now? And it knows, like, it'll, we'll be talking, and all of a sudden it'll, like, shoot out a suggestion or shoot out something it wants us to do, and I'm like, unplug it, it's not supposed to be here. And so it's always there. Sometimes, though, we wonder if God can actually hear us. Like, is he on? Is he unplugged? Am I saying the right thing to get him started? You know, like I have to say, you know, something that at least sounds close to Alexa for it to, for it to start, right? It could be something that's close. I could say Alexis. And I'm talking about a car and it's gonna pop on. As long as I'm close, it's gonna turn on and figure out that it wants to be part of the conversation. But what's the magic little thing I gotta say to get God to turn on? Anybody ever wonder that? Like, what do I got to say? I got to say our father, or I've got to say, you know, something in a very specific way, you know, just in the name of Jesus. Uh, Well, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, or in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord, or I got to face this direction. I've got to, what do I have to do in order to get him to engage? Anybody ever wonder or just feel like, Lord, why aren't you listening to me? Like, am I doing it wrong? Anybody besides me ever feel that way? Come on, you can be honest. Like, I'm praying stuff, and I don't see God actually coming through. So here's, here's another question, a little bit different. Do you even hear God when you pray? So that's a different question. Does God hear me? And we wonder that sometimes because there's not an answer, right? It's like when you stick around and you go, are you even listening to me? Anybody ever say that? Are you even listening to me? Right. Can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, do you even list? Do you have ears? Or are those just decorations on the side of your head? Like whatever your mom always told you growing up, right? And so if you don't need those ears, I'm going to box them for you. That's something my mom would say. She's going to box my ears. My ears were always going to get boxed. I wasn't even a boxer, Pastor All right, but my mom would always say, I'm going to box your ears for you because I didn't listen good enough. Nowadays, you can't do that anymore. You can't just go around boxing kids' ears. You're going to find yourself in prison. Sorry, Mom. No, but that's how I grew up. So, but do you even hear God. One of the reasons that we feel oftentimes like God doesn't hear us is because somehow we feel like we can't hear him back. So we feel like we're talking to emptiness. We're talking to an unanswering person. But why don't we think that he is answering us? Is it because he's actually not? Or is it because we're not sure how to listen and we're not sure what we're listening for? And that's kind of what we're going to get into today. We're going to go to Matthew 11, and that's where we're going to spend the whole time is going through this, and I'm just going to break it down as we go and talk it through. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he's talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, he sent word by his disciples and he said to him, are you the one who's to come or shall we look for another? Okay, so the important person right now in this passage, the one that we're thinking about right now, is this character guy named John right here. So John, it's like John is the one asking, are you the one or should we look for another? Now why would John be asking that? If you know the Bible at all, then John was actually inside of his mom's womb and Jesus was inside of his mom's womb and they met up. And John, like, the Bible says that actually the baby in the womb leaped for joy at the presence of Jesus. So there was a connection. They were cousins. There was a connection. He knew his whole life growing up that Jesus was the one. Jesus was the one that was coming to save the earth, to save all the people, to do all these things, to be this savior for everyone. He knew that. And yet here he is, and he's like, are you the one? Sometimes we come to faith and we know God, but then when we get in a difficult circumstance and we're praying and we don't feel like we're getting the answer, our question is, are you even real? Are you even the one? Or should I be looking for someone else? Well, that's kind of where John was at as he's going through this. He says, are you the one? Why? Because he's in prison. He was teaching and preaching and he's trying to prepare the way for Jesus to come and now he finds himself in prison and yet Jesus is out there roaming around doing stuff He's close. He sees Jesus interacting in other people's lives. Healing the sick, feeding people, caring for people. He sees Jesus doing things to help other people and he's sitting in prison himself and he's like, what's up? Like the reason I'm in prison is because I was out preaching to people about you. Like, I'm here trying to prepare the way for you. I'm trying to help you. And I'm in prison. And I've been praying for help. I've been asking for help. I serve you. I love you. I care for you. And I look out and guess what? You're out there helping people. But guess who you're not helping? Me. What's the deal? Does anybody ever look at the lives around you and it seems like God always has a word for someone else? He always has an answer for them. And somebody tells you, oh man, I was just oh, broken and in poverty and I couldn't pay my rent. And I opened up my mailbox and boom, there was a check. It was amazing. Or I was just discouraged and I was broken about this relationship and it seemed like it would never get repaired. And then just out of the blue, the person called me up and wanted to go to coffee and they said, I'm sorry. I've been a horrible person, but you are amazing. You're the most fantastic person ever. And I was blind, but now I can see and you are awesome. Let me make it up to you for the rest of your life by doing kind things for you. And that happens to them, but it never happened to me. And their marriage was My marriage was broken. And theirs is all restored. Praise God for them. They're so awesome and they're so amazing. But what about my wife? What about my spouse? What about my marriage? And so you look around and you see God moving. Well, this is where John's at. He's saying, Why does it seem like everybody else gets touched by God or hears from God or has some kind of interaction with God? But me, I'm stuck. And so we go on. Jesus answers. Go and tell John what you hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. God, why aren't you moving? And he answers, I am, it's just not for you. Isn't it awesome? And you're blessed if you're not offended by that. You're blessed if you're okay with that. If you're okay with everyone else being blessed and you being stuck in a terrible spot, guess what? If that's good for you, then you're blessed. Okay, well, that's fine. But like, how long do I have to be good with that? Like, I could be good with that for a few minutes, maybe a few days. But I mean, we, we push on to a month or so and I see other people getting benefit and blessing of serving God and I'm not getting it like, okay, we have a problem. We have a problem because now I need to, in my prayer time, not just ask for God to bless me, but in my prayer time, I need to remind God. I need to remind God about the things that I've seen or heard Alan do. Did you know Alan didn't say hi to me when I walked by him in the hallway? He's not hospitable, Lord. Did you know that that person didn't report all their taxes, God? I know they did some stuff under the table. They might have even written off a few lunches that weren't quite legit. Who knows? And you're blessing them and you're helping them? And my prayer time turns into an argument with God about why he's not speaking to me, but he speaks to them. John could have been there. Everything he was doing was to serve God. But Jesus' answer isn't even very helpful to him. He just says, yes, I'm here. I'm the one. Look at all these good things that are happening. And he still just leaves John there. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. He said, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? So now he's out talking to all these people that he's doing good for about John who's in prison. Not helping John, he's just talking about him. He says, what did you go out there to see in the wilderness? A reed that was shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? Behold, those who wear soft clothes are kings, are in kings' houses. What then did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. He's saying you went out there to see something amazing. You went out there, he's telling the crowd of people, you went out there to see something specific, and you felt like you didn't get what you wanted. What were they going out to see? They were going out to see the deliverance of God. They had been praying for God to come. They had been praying for salvation. They had been praying for safety. They're under all kinds of oppression. They're praying for all these things and they go out into the wilderness to see this person they think is going to help them get there and they just see this crazy guy talking about repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He is coming, change your life, go a different direction and he's not delivering them. He's not helping them. So the crowd finds himself in the same position that John did. John was praying for God to come and help him and deliver him. John was trying to do the right thing and then Jesus comes, and Jesus is helping other people, and he's stuck, and he's like, where's my Savior? The crowd is going out looking for a Savior and finding a guy who's telling them, hey, you want delivered from others, but you know what? God wants to deliver you from yourself. Change the way you live. Change the way, change the way you think. Move a different direction. So both of them have been praying, and God has actually answered and spoken to both of them, and both of them don't know it. John thinks the wrong person came and the crowds think the wrong person came because the answer is not the answer they wanted. Jesus goes on, this is of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare a way before you. He's saying, look, this is is my answer. This is my messenger. You want a deliverance? I'm sending it. Listen to him. Hear what he's saying. The problem sometimes isn't that God isn't answering us. It's that he doesn't speak our language. The Bible says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, right? We're looking for an answer that sounds a certain way, but he speaks a different way. It's not the answer that we wanted. Anybody in here have little kids? Okay. Does the little kid learn your language or do you have to just learn their language? Eventually, if you want to like, get what you need, you actually have to learn to speak what the adults are speaking, right? It's the lower that has to learn to speak the language of the higher, right? The more intelligent, the more empowered, the more authority, you have to learn that. We have to learn the language of God in order to hear him speak. He teaches us and we try to learn and we're like those little kids, we're like, oh, you know, we're saying some crazy word. That nobody knows what it means. And we're looking, I'm like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What do you mean? And eventually we actually learn how to say spaghetti. Which is challenging. But we finally learn it. And then we can actually ask for what we need. And that's the same with us, is that we're like learning God's actually language that he's speaking to us. So that we understand what he's saying. He's not telling. What he's trying to do is speak to in words they don't understand. He's saying, you know, I'm here, but it doesn't look like what you thought it was. Deliverance doesn't mean the same for me that it means the same for you. Because deliverance for you means external deliverance, but it, deliverance for me, actually in my language, means internal deliverance. Because external things and circumstances change all the time. I can deliver your bills right now, but that's what you want. You say, that would bring me peace. Lord, I need peace. Would you help me pay this bill? And I'm not hoping you pay the bill, but I'm going to bring peace a different way, and it's a peace that surpasses understanding, and it doesn't really matter if your finances are tight. You can actually just walk in peace. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or little money. You can do what Paul did, and he says, it doesn't matter if I abase or abound, but wherever I am, I can be content in the situation that I'm in. So it's coming a different way. He says, I sent a messenger, but you didn't receive it. He goes on, truly I say among you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. They're like, no one greater than John the Baptist? The guy like lives out in the wilderness. He wears like animal clothes. He eats crickets. He does all this weird stuff. And he's in prison right now. There's no greatness there. And he says, there's been nobody greater. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and violence Uh, the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he's Elijah who is to come. You know, he is my messenger. He's here. And he is preparing a way, but you can't see it because you're looking for something different. Sometimes we're looking for a different answer than what God's giving. If you got teenagers, they're really good at that. They ask a question and you say, no, and they go, Okay, you must not have heard of me. Let me ask it a different way. And you say, no. They say, well, let me ask it like this. And you say, no. And they keep changing up how they're asking. It doesn't matter how you phrase it, how you word it, how you change it. Here's the answer. No, it's not happening. Okay, well, what if I ask mom? Look, look, look it's just not happening. It ain't gonna work. Right? It's like we just change it. If we just tweak it, if we just modify it. Okay, but that's not how it works. It says, but to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. They're saying, hey, we tried stuff and you're not responding. Hey, God, I'm trying to talk to you or trying to do stuff, but you're not responding. Like, I tried to be in silence. I tried to be loud. I tried to do all these things, but you're not responding. Why aren't you reacting when I'm trying to get you to react? Why aren't you giving me the answer I'm trying to get you to give me? He says, for John came neither eating or drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by your deeds. They're saying, God's saying, no matter how I came to you with the message I was trying to give you, you just rejected it. Well, why? Because it wasn't the message that you wanted. I've been praying on this and praying on this and thinking on this and it just seems like I ne- God never speaks to me. Most of the time he actually has. We just don't always like the answer. And so we keep praying and we keep praying and we keep praying. It's like, man, God, I prayed for God to change that person and he hasn't changed him. God, I keep praying, Lord, what are you going to do about this relationship? Lord, what are you going to do? Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. You got to change him. Help me. And he's like, I've Helped you. How did you do that? I told you to forgive them. I told you to serve them. I told you to love them. I can't hear that. Nah, 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 nah. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. He's like, I answered. Lord, I'm going to pray longer. Maybe I need to fast. Just keep fasting. I'm going to get God to give me a different answer. And time goes by, like, Lord, you're still not changing. him. he's like, I just told you. I already answered. Maybe it's a promotion at our job. Like, Lord, I need a promotion at my job. I don't like my job. Lord, I need a promotion at my job. I need a promotion at my job. And you're not getting it. And you're like, God, oh, why aren't you answering me? He doesn't seem to ever give me direction or help or favor. It's like, I told you to start a business a long time ago so that you could be a blessing to others and you could employ others. But I'm afraid to do that. Just promote me where I am. It's safer. Na, 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 I don't want to hear that. Step into what I'm calling you to do. But Lord, I ask for peace. He's like, I told you. Come into my presence. No, I just want peace on the go. We're in Texas. You can even get beer on the go. They actually have drive-through beer barns here. Have you seen that? We moved to Texas and I'm like, what kind of world am I in right now? Like, you could drive through a drive-thru and get a beer. What? That's crazy. And there's not even cops like sitting out there. If I was a cop and I was trying to get my ticket quota, I would just sit outside that thing, just like, ah, here comes another. But you can do that here, I guess. I don't know. I've never been through one. But you can actually just get an answer from God, and He says, You want peace? Stop and come sit in my presence. You're too busy. You're doing too much. You're trying too hard. Just come sit. Now the Bible talks about that. It says, in vain you rise up early and go to bed late eating the bread of anxious toil, for God gives rest to those he loves. Take a break, stop. But so often we're asking questions and we're feeling like we don't get answers, but we don't get answers because they're not the answers that we're trying to get. they're not in the box. It says then they began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works have been done because they did not repent. What is repentance? Repentance just means I'm trying to do it this way. But I'm going to turn around and do it God's way. It's really that simple. Like, I want to do it my way. Well, Does it mean it's a horrible, gross sin? No, it doesn't. Sometimes it's a good thing, but it's not a God thing. It's just not what he wants you to do. I'll give you an example from my own life. We spent 20 years in business, entrepreneurs and business people. That's what we did our whole life before I started pastoring. We had delis and we had coffee shops, children's clothing stores. We had furniture stores. We had all that stuff. And when you have all that stuff, guess what? You also have, if you're doing it well, which we did, you also have a lot of money. And it's pretty fun to go where you want, do what you want, have what you want. You want something, yeah, let's just go do it. Oh, we feel like leaving town, let's take off. Oh, we feel like buying this. Oh, yeah, let's buy it. It's a nice way to live. We came to pastor. We gave that stuff up. And you know what? I'm a human. I'm a person. And so guess what? Sometimes I wish I had some of that back. Sometimes I wish I just had a little more. How much is enough? Just a little more. Just wish I had a little more. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to let it all go. Let it all go. That's fine. And we're taken care of. God takes care of us. We don't have lack. We just don't have all those extras that we used to have, but we don't have lack. We have many blessings to be thankful for and grateful for. And I had sent in, because at some point, you know, church finance and stuff, I like to get outside counsel and stuff. And I sent it to a guy that does a lot of church financial stuff. And I said, hey, would you look at our finances? Give me some thoughts. And he looked at it all. And then he calls me back. And this is a guy that does this like all over the, all over the country. Um, just, uh, he's very involved in that. He actually owns an investment company and all that stuff. And he does all these things with churches. And he just messaged me back and he says, hey, uh, can we put the church stuff on the side? He says, how about we talk about your own finances? Which we don't have any debt and everything. Our finances are fine. And I said, well, yeah, whatever you want. He's like, you need to make more money. I said, well, I'm not going to ask for a raise. I said, we're not doing that. I said, so that's, that's off the table. He says, why don't you use your business knowledge, entrepreneurship to do some coaching on the side? I said, okay. Sounds good. I like doing it anyway. So I started it up. Launchpad. Startup coaching. And started getting customers, started making some money. I'm not pushing it very hard, but I'm making money. I'm like, nice, my own money. I even opened up my own account for it, of which my amazing, loving wife can't even see, which drives her insane. Drives her insane. And do you know what? If I never opened a business, never put a dollar in there, I was just faking it, it'd all been worth it just to watch her go insane about not having knowledge and control of that. But anyway, it just sits her, so I can use it without using our other money. And I was starting to get a little stressed out and a little bit uh, stretched this last month. And so I went and spent a couple days at a hotel just praying and seeking the Lord about, you know, Lord, I'm getting this tension, like what's going on. So I went in there, and I was praying John 15, which says, I'm the vine, that you are the branches. He's saying, he's the vine, we're the branches. And he talks about it, and I'm the vine dresser. What does the vine dresser do? He tends the vine. He cuts off bad branches. He ties it up. He does all this stuff. I was praying that. I was like, Lord, show me what you want to take away. Show me what you want to prune. Show me what you want to do. And just immediately, he said, close your business. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I just got here, and I got to get my ears in tune. Like when you turn on a radio, those old radios that had knobs, and you turn it on, the song starts, you go, I just need to adjust a little more so I hear better. So I just kept praying, Lord, come on now. Let's talk about it. Let's pray. Let's woo Close your business. Okay, well, I don't think I'm hearing from God well. I probably should just go home. I day, I pray. And God gives me two passages in the Bible. He says, I called Andrew to lay down his nets. Andrew's a fisherman. He called him to come and follow me. He said to call him to lay down his nets. I said, yep, that's very true. And I did that once. And I was counseled to do a little bit of extra side fishing. Wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I'm going for it. And then he gave me another passage, and he said, that's the same Andrew that brought me back the loaves and the fishes from the little boy. And I thought, well, I'm skeptical of that, because I never read Andrew as the one that did that. And I should probably know that if that's true. I'm a pastor. I read my Bible. So I'm kind of skeptical. So I actually opened up to read it just to prove it wasn't God speaking to me, because it would be wrong. And I read it. and Look, there's Andrew, it says, called away from the net. And I go to the thing. And he say Lord, all these people are hungry and they need food. And he says, you give them something to eat. I said, no Andrew mentioned there. And I kept reading. And it says, and then Andrew came back and said, all I have is this lunch. And I'm like, okay. And then Lord's like, yeah, he's another Andrew. And I'm like, thank you. And he said, is he reduced or empowered? And I'm like, he is reduced. (laughs) Ridiculously reduced. He used to be a professional fisherman. He got fish and he fed himself and he fed other people and he sold extra fish. He had all that stuff. He probably made shoes out of fish scales. I mean, he was a fisherman's fisherman. And now he's got to beg some little kid for his lunch just to try to help some people? Reduced. And God's like, he fed fifteen to 20,000 people that day. So the Bible says 5,000 men, but they went in families. So there's women and children there. He fed all these people. He said he couldn't have done that with his boat and his nets. Couldn't have caught that much that day. But he brought it to me. And what happened? I multiplied it. Because he's empowered. He had to be humble. He had to come to me and work through me. But it's in partnership. It's empowered. So I walked, and then I, I, I walked around the room for a minute. And I'm standing there, and he says, do you want to be reduced or empowered? i like, well, empowered, of course. He's like, close your business. Okay. I went over to my computer. I pulled it up. Went to my website, creator. Pulled up my website. I hit delete. Little pop-up screen pops out. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's what it said. Are you sure you want to do this? This is final. Delete. Go to my Facebook page. Delete. Delete it all. I walk away. And I'm like, all right, Lord, there you go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Finished out my time praying and stuff, hoping He changes the answer. You ever heard that story about Abraham and God's like, give me your son Isaac? And then in the middle of it, He gives him back his ram and He's like, okay, I can sacrifice my ram instead. Praise God, He provides. I got another day or so here. Got to give it back. Nope. Didn't give it back. It's gone. But it doesn't make sense to me, right? But it doesn't mean God didn't answer. And it isn't what I wanted to hear, but it doesn't mean God didn't answer. Okay? But he doesn't speak my same language. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. Right When I follow him, he is able to work in and through me in a different way than the way that I imagine, than the way that I want it to work out. Okay, But that's the same, whether it's financially, relationally, emotionally, whatever it is. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I need you to give me some more money. And God's like, I already told you, give what you have. Well, that doesn't make any sense. i got to go help that person. I need help myself. And he's like, go give it to them. And if we'll just go do it, he's got somebody else waiting in line. Like, when's my turn to give? God's like, hold on a second. Wait a second. I'm just trying to see. I'm just trying to see if they'll do it so that you can then give to them. But hold up. They're, they're, they're hesitating. And you might be over here hesitating with $5 that you don't really want to buy somebody's coffee with because you're too broke. And God's sitting over here with 500 saying, hold on. Hold on. I'm seeing if they give up their $5 first." Nope, not that one. Let's find somebody else. And you're over here going, man, God, if you just help me out, you just help me out. Peace in a relationship. God, if you would just help me to have a better relationship with that person, if you just let me have some peace, and he's saying to forgive them, to to love him, to serve him. You're like, no, I don't want to do that. They offended me. Oh, they hurt my feelings. If they would just do that for me. And that is the door that opens their heart and softens their heart, brings them in. It's what Jesus did for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? He literally was hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He extended love, mercy, grace, forgiveness beforehand so that then we could come back through love, have our hearts opened up to receive from him. So it's oftentimes we're waiting to hear from God and yet God's already spoken. I'm gonna skip a couple of verses for time's sake. Matthew 11, if you wanna read it all. It comes to this passage, which a lot of us know. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this passage starts with people, multiple people, a religious guy named John, a crowd of people trying to relearn from religious people. It starts out with all these people that are confused because they're asking for an answer and they feel like I'm not getting my answer. And he's saying, do you know what? It's because I don't speak the same as you. I'm already helping, I'm already serving. You can follow me and do my way, repent from your way and try to just listen to my way and do it my way, walk this direction. And then he comes to this and he says, this is the explanation. Because my way is actually easier. My way is actually lighter. My way actually works better. That's why I want you to do it this way. I can change that one person, but guess what's going to happen the minute that they've changed for you? And you turn around to someone else. You're going to run into somebody else that's offensive. Then what are you going to do? Spend your whole life trying to change every other person around you? Or what God's trying to do is get a heart of forgiveness and of grace and of mercy and of love and of service inside of you so that every person you run into, you're living unoffended because you're not expecting them to solve your problems or to be perfect. You're just looking for a place to love, to serve and forgive and to be like Jesus. You don't have to worry, Lord, solve this one problem on my money to give me a little bit more. Because you've already come to a place where you trust him. And when you have a lot, you're not too excited. And when you have a little, you're not too anxious. Because you just know, do you know what, Lord? Even if I have a lot, I'm going to give it and share it. And if I have a little, I know that you'll have a way to care for me. So I can just live at peace. Or I can just solve that one problem. This one time for you and help you with that. And what happens the next day? There's another problem. There's another financial issue. There's another relational issue. There's something else going on. Another anxiety. Another stress. You saying, my way, is the easier way. Just a couple things to think on. We talk a lot about faith. You know? Faith. Declare it in faith. Speak in faith. Say it in faith. And that's really what love does. Love compels us. We get our faith. It, it, it puts something in our heart right? That propels us to speak things out. You know, somebody says, oh, you're going to fail. I'm not going to fail. God is with me. If God's for me, who can be against me, right? Faith propels us into speaking out God's truth, which we're called to do. Okay. And that's prayer. I'm praying in faith. I'm praying in faith, but love compels us to actually listen. Does anybody ever feel like somebody doesn't really love you because they actually never listen to you? You try to get in a conversation or talk with them and they're like, you can tell they're tuning out, their eyes start darting around, their eyes go glossy, they can't repeat back to what you said, they give you an answer that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. You're like, you don't even listen to me, you don't even care about me. You don't care about my life at all, you don't care about what I'm going through, you don't care about what I'm saying. Okay, well, if we really love God, it's the same thing. If we really love him, it compels us to not just speak to him or speak about his promises, but to actually stop and spend time and just say, Lord, I'm here to listen. It's what he does. God is love, the Bible tells us. And what does God do? He listens all the time. Well, how do we know that? Because he always asks us to pray. In fact, he asks us to pray without ceasing. So he's saying, I'm here, I'm listening. Come talk to me. But love in reciprocation also listens. Not to what we want to hear, but to what the other person is actually saying. What are you saying to me? You're not speaking to me. I wrote you a letter. You haven't read it. It's called the Bible. I don't want to read it, but I wrote it. Get in and read it and see what I'll speak to you. There's a difference between the two. And sometimes in prayer, we spend so much time talking and asking. And so little time really slowing down to listen. God, what do you want me to hear? What do you want me to do? How do you want to handle this? And expecting that if he actually answers, it probably won't be what we wanted to do because he actually knows what he's doing. And if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be in the spot you're in anyways. Right? I mean, honestly, isn't that true? It's like me calling for help on how to fix my car or to fix my house or to fix my anything. It's just not my gift. And somebody says, do it like this. Nah. I didn't want to use the actual nut and a bolt. I was thinking I could just squirt some silicone in there and let it dry up real hard, and that would hold it all together. Mm -hmm. If I'm calling somebody that knows more than I do, I should probably listen to their response and just do it their way. Well, that's God. God is not an Alexa. He is not at our beck and command to solve our issues and to bring us what we want. He's greater than we are. We talk to him and then we wait and we hear what he says and we go, wow, that doesn't sound like the way I'd wanna do it. And then we step into it and do it because he has a better plan, an easier yoke and a lighter burden if we'll do it his way, amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just pray right now that you would Lord, let this word get in our heart. God, let us be listeners. Or we think of that verse that says to not only be hearers of the word, but doers. Lord, in our culture, we're most of the time actually doers, we're just not hearers. We love to do, but we haven't quite heard yet. We can get half a sentence and we're off to get the job done. Come back later and find out, oh, that's not what you meant. Lord, help us to settle our hearts, settle our minds, and to actually let you speak. Because in hearing your voice, hearing your solutions, it gives us confidence and assurance that you're actually hearing us. And that you do hear us when we pray. You do speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are our Father in heaven which means you want relationship with each one of us individually, communication, connection, counsel, love and care. Thank you for that. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Give us a revelation of it in a deep way. Lord, change our prayer time from request time into conversation and revelation from you. Lord, help us to love you enough to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, love you guys. Thank you guys for being with us today and have a great week. If you can, stick around down the hallway. We have some snacks and stuff and some hangout time. I know for some people that uh, causes anxiety and stress to just be packed around people, but you know we are a community. And the more you're around that, the more that you'll make a couple of people to talk to a couple of friends and you'll feel a lot better about that and you can get connected to some people that can add some value to your life. Amen, guys, have a great week.